welcome to everyone tonight. You are a guest with us tonight. We're glad to have you in our service. Thank you for being here. If you're joining us online tonight, wherever you are, we welcome you as a part of this service tonight as well. Thanks for taking the time to be with us. If you would stand, please. Um, before I uh, get into... Um, um, all right, brethren, I'm supposed to know this. One of you guys have to remind me. What do I go under here? I was told, and now I don't remember. Brother Adam told me, and where do I go? I'll go there. Um, you got it this time. Well, well, then you are the man. While he's doing that, and you're paying more attention to him than you are me, um, I didn't really, in the light of Sunday night and it wasn't the time or place, um, but we are going to start uh, the first Sunday night of every month. Um, we're going to take time in service both here and at the castle and do a missions offering. Um, and we are encouraging you um, to give your monthly pledge that night, although I realize a lot of you uh, do online giving. But um, there's a couple reasons for that. One is we want to help you remember. Amen. Um, and then I think there's benefit to us taking some time and reminding us what we're connected to, what we are a part of, what we're giving to. So I just wanted to mention that. I know a lot of you, you're, as I said Sunday night, a lot of you already give faithfully to missions and uh, you can keep doing it the way you normally do it if you want to, but we are going to uh, uh, start doing that. The idea is to hopefully maybe even have a few moments of, uh, of a promotion, uh, sharing a little bit about uh, Mission Field somewhere or something like that, just to kind of remind you, and then we will, we will take our offering. And again, those of you that have made pledges, we are encouraging that you give it um, that, that time. So, um, just wanted to mention that. Um, they're not here tonight. They're traveling, ministering, but I do want to give honor to our bishop and Mother Wright tonight in their absence. Praise God. I, I don't know. Um, I, I think it may. Uh, I, I think what I'm starting tonight may may kind of be a theme for several weeks, perhaps on Thursday night. I'm not really positive of that. Uh, I, I do kind of feel like that may be a direction. But before I start, I, I, I guess if I could say it this way, and I've been trying even the last few moments, and it, I think it sort of came to me how to say it. I, I'm not really here necessarily to teach tonight, nor preach. And I think really what, I, if I could put it this way, I'm here to share with you some of, I don't want to say my heartbeat because a lot of us, we have various things that, but a part of my heartbeat. So I, I'm not here in the sense tonight to teach and train and equip. I, I'm, I'm here to share. <laughs> um, and, and as I kind of get into this, and there's a word I'll throw out there in a few minutes, uh, to, to be very transparent, my concern is that 
when when that word comes up, you sort of get sort of a sense of, oh no, not that again. And it's not the shame word, so just so you know. It's supposed to be kind of funny, but I guess it's too sensitive for some of you. Maybe we need to talk about shame tonight. <laughs> um, and and I, I, I've been back and forth whether I was going to say this, and so I'm just going to say it. I'm going to do my absolute best tonight to make no apologies while I share my heartbeat. And, and, and what I want you to also understand or hopefully accept and believe is I, I, I'm, this is what I not only am I, I mean, this is what I feel like the Holy Ghost wants to say, needs to say. And so I, I'm asking you, I, I, this is something in all honesty that for, uh, it, it's, it's been a while now that this is, this is one of those things that's not too far out of my conscious mind. Um, so uh, let me read a couple of verses and we'll, we'll start from there. John chapter 13, verse 1. Now before the feast of Passover, Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour was come at the, and that when Jesus knew that his hour was come that he should depart out of this world unto the Father having loved his own which were in the world he loved them unto the end and supper being ended the devil having now put into the heart of Judas Iscariot Simon's son to betray him Jesus knowing that the Father had given all things in his hands and that he was come from God went to God, riseth from supper, and laid aside his garments, and took a towel, and girdeth himself. And he poureth water into a basin, and began to wash the disciples' feet. No, we're not doing food washing tonight. You have my word, we will do surprise communions, but it will take an audible voice from God to do surprise foot washing. I think everyone needs advance notice for foot washing. And the last thing you ought to do before you come to church for foot washing is not eat, not even brush your teeth, it's wash your feet. Throw a little bit of cologne on them, perfume. He poureth water into a basin and he began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel wherewith he was girded. I can't remember, I thought I had it in here and I... I guess I think it's actually another passage, and that's why I forgot to put it in here. So I'll just state it. Scripture says that the Son of Man did not come to be ministered to, but to minister. He didn't come to get, He came to give. And so we find Him here where there's a need, rather than sitting and waiting for someone to wash His feet, Jesus Christ, the Messiah, God manifested in the flesh, gets a towel, gets a basin, and begins to wash the feet of his followers. And the word is not servanthood, by the way. You're jumping to conclusions that you know where I'm going. That's not it either. Not that any of you ever do that. You always stay in the moment present with the preacher, right? Don't lie. Father, thank you for the privilege of being in your presence tonight. 
Thank you for the ability you've given us all to be here. Everything that was necessary for that to happen. Health, strength, transportation, all of it, God. Protection, the provision. Thank you for it, Lord. Thank you for your presence that we've experienced. And now I pray, God, that you would speak to us tonight. God, we are not here for religion. We are not here just simply to do what we are doing out of obligation and duty. But this is, this is eternal. This is significant. I ask, God, that you would minister in this place, that your spirit would work and move in our hearts and lives. In the name of Jesus Christ, in Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. You may be seated. I guess, in all honesty, or or I guess in... sort of thinking ahead, there, there's a couple of things, either tonight or again, perhaps the next couple of weeks, um, more than just a word. Um, but I'll give, you, I'll give you the word, that way we can all stop trying to figure it out. But, and, and I realize perhaps maybe it doesn't seem real connected to this passage, but hopefully in a little bit it will. And the word is unity. The word is unity. And, and I guess I hope by the help of the Lord tonight and again maybe the next few weeks, I think sometimes when that's mentioned from the pulpit, it sort of gives the impression of just some kind of a, of a feeling. <laughs> We're just supposed to be in unity. You know, have some candles and incense going and, you know, I, whatever. But there's way more to unity than just some nice little feeling. In fact, I, you know, I, I, more and more I keep coming back to the, to the verse, faith without works is dead. There, there is, to me, there is a principle that's, that's beyond just faith. There, there's a principle that, that applies in a lot of different ways. And, and part of that principle is to me that it takes more than just, and, and, and this is another one of those sound bites that can get you in trouble, but it takes more than just the spiritual. You can pray two hours a day to have a good marriage, but if you don't get up from that prayer meeting and do something, your prayer's not going to do anything. So it's not just faith without works, it's it's prayer without action. It's, it's other things without action. And so by unity, I'm not just talking about coming together, whether it's a Sunday night, all of us, a Thursday night, all of us, or those here on Sunday night and those at the castle on Sunday night. And, and there's just a feeling we have. But I'm talking about something that produces Produces a lot of things in a lot of ways. I, um, trying to remind myself I'm just sharing. I'm feeling a pressure to be polished and all that stuff. Before I put my next slide up, I have to give credit for my next slide. I have to give that credit to my youngest son. We were sitting at the 
Navy football game last, or a week and a half ago. It's hard to believe that Christmas was less than two weeks ago. At least it feels that way to me. We were sitting there before the game, and Nathaniel leans over, and I can't remember exactly everything he said, so I'm sorry, Nathaniel, if I misquote some of it. The gist of what I remember is, and part of his words were, you need to... I don't think it was quite this way, but the gist of it was, you need to take a look at that Navy goat, that mascot, Dad. There's a message in that. I'm assuming some of that statement comes from my past histories. And I I just kind of chuckled. It was kind of funny to hear my 12-year-old saying that. It's kind of neat. And, And I'm like, yeah, there probably is. And... In fact, I think, and this is part of the, may not get exactly right, but part of what he, what I remember was, would you like to come tell him, or is it okay if I try? Okay. All right. Just want to give you that chance. Here you have this, this mascot that's doing all kinds of stuff to excite fans and inspire people. Everybody knows the mascot. But there's barely anybody that has a clue who the guy is inside of it. Pretty much the case with most mascots. If you're an Orioles fan, everybody knows the Orioles bird. But you don't really know the Orioles. You don't know. I mean, we all know there's somebody in that suit that's not really real. It's. But, but who's that guy, or perhaps the female, inside that suit? And yet you watch, and if you've been to any kind of a sports game, and Navy game particularly, if you've watched, you've been there, you could, that, that mascot is in constant movement motion. You ever been to an Orioles game? There, the, that, or the Orioles bird is all over the place, on the field, in the stands, and and and, and it's it's a part of the, the the you know the the stirring up of the fans and the excitement, and everybody knows the mascot, but you really you you have no again. There's there's a few people that know who's inside of it, but the rest of us have no clue. And there is. An important lesson in that. I'm afraid that too many of us aren't willing to be in the costume and give ourselves wholeheartedly in the costume because nobody knows who's in the costume. I mean, everybody has an idea who the, especially the star players, the Navy quarterback, who's a senior this year, has been setting all kinds of records uh, for all of college football, not just for the Naval Academy, but for all of college football. Most touchdowns and most all, all kinds of different things. And everybody's cheering Keenan Reynolds. Everybody that knows anything about Navy football knows who Keenan Reynolds is. But there's a mascot that takes his job pretty serious who considers himself a part of what's going on. 
and apparently, not to over-spiritualize it, but apparently has peace with the fact 20,000 people have no idea who really is inside the mascot, the costume. The only way a body, the only way a, a body of believers, and really the only way an individual can ever reach max potential of what God has is to be willing to be unknown. Oh, I realize certain situations and circumstances, you, you are known, you're going to be known, but there, inside, between you and God, it's got to be settled. This isn't about... It's not about being served. It's not about Jesus saying, hey, you know, what's, what's the deal here? My feet are dirty and nobody's doing anything. Anybody. I'm just sharing. Hopefully I'll get at least a few amens from a couple of ministry leaders. Anybody can see a problem. Anybody can see the problem. Anybody can sit there and say, My feet are dirty and nobody's washed my feet. What's the deal with this house? The hospitality of this house really is failing. I came in, yeah, it was good food. And, you know, we have a tendency to do that. We, we, we know there's some good things, but we sort of, our attention gets drawn to the the few negatives. But Jesus could have easily sat there and if not said, at least just thought, you know, this is this is pretty ridiculous. Pretty customary to wash the guests' feet and my feet are dirty and nobody's done that. And and and, and he could have just sat there. Or he could have sat there and then said something, and perhaps one of the servants would have been told to go do it. I feel many heartbeats right now. <laughs> but rather than doing that, he identified the need and then just simply decided, I have the ability to do something about the... Not send an email about the need. Not send a text message about the need. Not gossip about the need. I have the ability to do something. Don't tell me, especially some of the females more so probably, but some of the guys, don't tell me there are times you haven't pulled up on this hill and saw some weedy islands. I'm just going to make it real simple for a moment. And probably thought, I wonder why somebody's not doing their job around here. Get a towel and a bucket. If Jesus can get a towel and a bucket, I'm not preaching. I'm, 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 I'm not preaching. That's right. I'm not preaching. <laughs> I'm trying to get across an attitude more than than a. And I and I hate sometimes using examples because I don't want you to get locked in on one thing. That's but. For me, a lot of times, the point of an example is just to spark thought. As you start thinking about this, then hopefully this will pop into mind, and then that will pop into mind. And 
Some of you ladies, in about three seconds, you've been about 75 different places and got you a great spider web in that just because I gave you one thing. I think a few of the men are going, what? They're probably all the single guys. <laughs> You'll learn. Why are we talking about this when we were talking about that? There's a very logical explanation of what got from here to here. Just trust it. Don't even worry about it. Just trust it. I've learned. I've learned. I, we started here. We started in the U.S. and now we're in Asia. But there was a journey that got us there. It was just an unknown journey to me. But I now know, I now know there is a logical progression that gets us there. And 23 plus years of marriage, I'm good with that. I don't need to know, I just trust. I don't know how I got on all of that. <laughs> we, we need a baptism, and, and, and again, I said unity is, was the big one, but we need a baptism a fresh baptism of Jesus attitude. Oh, and I, I sense a few of you. You don't have any idea how much I work and what I do around here. You definitely are one of the first ones that need a baptism of Jesus attitude because he made himself of no reputation. Took upon himself the form of a servant and did what... He should have never done, wasn't expected. For multiple reasons, I'm sure, but for one, I think to demonstrate something to us. This one didn't come from Nathaniel, I got this one by myself, so. I'm not a NASCAR fan, I'm not a NASCAR opponent, I'm just, there's nothing at least on a TV that's ever interested me about that. I'm told, I'm told you have to be there. I've, I'm told you have to experience it. And so I've never have, and so I won't judge it based on just television and watching cars make a circle for hours and hours. So again, and I've been told, I, I've got a couple friends that have told me, you sit there and them cars come around where you are and the Volume and all of that. Some of you need more earplugs than you have for church to try to. You, I mean, they just say it's just that's what makes it happen. So I'm I'm not judging. And just in case we got any race fans here tonight, I, where Brother Vernell Jr. at? Where'd he go? I, I I'm not I'm not. Usually, as is the case, and you could use all kind of analogies, but as is the case, in other ways. We usually, if you know anything about racing, you know the driver. In fact, I, I could name a couple of NASCAR drivers. I actually know a couple names. I could not tell you if you held a gun to my head. I had no idea who the crew is. Couldn't name you one person in the pit crew. I've seen enough to see some of this live, live where where the car pulls in and the pit crew swarms. What's really kind of interesting is at the end of the race, if you're on the, if you're a part of the pit crew of the car that won, 
you don't get up on the podium. The driver gets up there and holds up the thing and champagne and confetti and all that's going everywhere. He's the one that gets all the attention. But he knows as much as anybody without this group of people and then a bunch of other people as well besides these, he would have never had the ability to stand where he is. I believe we also, I, I just, I hope what you, whatever you sense and feel from me tonight, first of all, that, that, that it, you, it comes across the right way, but I'm not, by the help of the Lord, what I'm saying tonight has nothing to do to the best of my ability. It's not about flesh. It's about what I have worked hard to discern in my spirit, okay? I, I, I'm not dumb enough to get up here and just shoot at what I want to shoot at based on my flesh. I don't care what you think. I, I, I know I'm not that stupid. I respect this pulpit way too much to get up here and just be a politician and spout off my mouth. You may, I don't mean this, I'm not trying to sound whatever, you may have other opinions and that's between you and him to work out. I'm just telling you, I know I, I respect the pulpit here and anywhere else too much for it to be my place to take a shot at anything or anybody. I'm not here, whatever. I'm not trying to apologize without apologizing. I'm just trying to clarify. That's probably a synonym, Brother Simpson, for apologize, right? We, we need a, we need a fresh baptism in addition to the servant part. We need a fresh pap, baptism of being a being willing to be in the pit crew. And the pit crew is not a stepping stone to the driver's seat. Some of you need a little prayer meeting between you and Jesus and check the motive of why you're doing what you're doing. Because some of you are working really hard in the pit crew, but it's because you want to be noticed so you can get into, you know, the next step up. It's a dangerous thing when you get yourself elevated. When you get promotion out of your own efforts and working hard to earn it and deserve it, that's a dangerous thing. And sometimes God allows it. Because it's the process that's developing in you to be willing to stay in the pit crew that's necessary for you to get in the driver's seat. And then when you stand on the podium and hold up the trophy, you know I didn't get here by myself. And success today and any success in the future is a direct result of there's a lot of people doing some stuff that are never going to... It's not the pit crew that gets on the... There, there's a Jeff Gordon uh, uh, credit card commercial right now. It's not the pit crew that gets on that. It's, it's Jeff Gordon, the driver. He's the one. Successful NASCAR driver, but there's a bunch of people that have done a whole lot of things for him. And guess what? They don't make near the money he makes. Yeah. 
And I know we don't do this for money, but it, we, we got eternity that's, it's one thing to get upset with your natural boss and get a little crossways. It's another thing when you get crossways with him. And if you and I can't maintain a willingness to stay in the pit crew, if that's where I belong, at some point, the lack of recognition, you can usually tell when somebody's doing something for a thank you. Uh, I may need a little bit more water. The pit, oh, Lord. One of, hopefully in the next service or two, I'm going to get to preach or teach one of them fun ones because the last couple haven't been too fun. Oh, man, I'm, I don't want to say it, but I'm going to say it. Usually the people that are looking for the thank you are the ones that are the quickest to tell you. Just want you to know, I'm not doing this for recognition. I just want you to know, I'm not doing this for a thank you. I've, and you know what I've done a few times? When I've been told that, then I didn't say thank you. And you know what I found out a short time later? They're now offended. Because I didn't say thank you. But you told me. You weren't doing it for a thank you. We say a lot when we say what we, you know, what we're not about. If you're really not doing what you're doing for a thank you, go get a Nike t-shirt. Just do it. Just do it and don't go telling everybody what you're doing for not doing it, but everything you're doing, but not doing it for thanks or recognition. I did such and such, but I don't care if they ever know. Of course, I'm making sure you know. Oh, hallelujah. See, here's my, here's, here's my struggle. I, I got paid what I consider to be a high compliment. But, uh, a- after my first day, I think, of teaching in, in Singapore, Sister Shalm says to me, well, you can tell from your teaching, you have a real pastor's heart. That's, that's a high compliment. not sure some of you agree with her right now, but that's... <laughs> to me, part of my pastor's heart is I, I don't want to fool around with symptoms. Let's not waste our time trying to take away the headache from a tumor with some Advil. Let's get to the root of some things because if we can get the root fixed, the symptoms will automatically take care of themselves. Just don't file though. Just just close that window on your desktop. Don't close the file. Just close the window for a moment. 
I know some of you had no idea what that means. Let me get back to that. All you AML people, this is not a great example tonight of how to teach. This is not three points and an introduction, three points and a conclusion, not that my teaching or preaching ever is. We have, uh, I'll, I'll go ahead and put the verse up there. We, we have a great challenge at Antioch. I'm sharing, okay? I'm sharing. Can I share? Thank you. Appreciate it. Hopefully by your silence, that was just, sometimes I don't respond to my wife because I think the answer is obvious, so that's another non-good marriage piece of advice, like my financial advice the other night. We have a, we, uh, Lord, we have a great challenge at Antioch. When I, when I say this next statement, I know you're all, we're going to kind of chuckle because we say it and we kind of chuckle and whatever, but it's, it's sort of a chuckling statement, but it's, it, it's really much more weighty than you may imagine. We're, we're not the normal church. And, and really, I mean that in more ways than what we sort of initially think of when we think of that. And there's actually, there, there's, don't get too high and mighty, folks. The Bible says pride goes before fall. So we, we, we don't have it all together. I know some of you didn't know that, but I'm just telling you. We don't have it all together. I'll, I'll be the first in line to admit that. There's a lot of different levels. But we, we, have a, we have a great challenge at Antioch because of our structure. I'm going to say some things here probably the next few minutes that we've said before, I've said, Bishop said, others have said, that it's not just about semantics. It's not just words. It's not just to sound good. It's the truth. 1 Corinthians 1, 11, For it hath been declared unto me of you, my brethren, by them which are of the house of Chloe, that there are contentions among you. Okay, alright, what are the contentions? Ravens versus redskins. Eagles versus Steelers. I mean, what's the contentions? Now this I say, that every one of you say that I'm of Paul. An eye of Apollos, an eye of Cephas, an eye, I'm just going to top all of you. I'm of Christ. Paul says, is Christ divided? Was Paul crucified for you? Or were you baptized in the name of Paul? Then he goes on to say, I'm glad I didn't baptize any of you. In fact, he said, I don't even know who I baptized. You may be walking around bragging that I baptized you. I got news for you. I don't remember. That's got to make you feel real good. I'm of, I'm of Cephas. and I'm of Paul. Well, I'm of Apollos. 
I'm of Deal and I'm of North Baltimore. I'm of Bowie. I'm of Arnold. I'm of Eastern Shore. I'm of Severn. I'm of Pasadena. Well, I was here with the bishop before all of it. I wasn't saying that about me. I was saying some of you. Well, we do it like this on Sunday morning. We do it like that on Sunday morning. And then we come together and do it like this on Sunday night. Paul said... Were you baptized in my name? Here we go. One of those statements. Ready? You ready? Here we go. Get ready for it. We are one body. I'm not fishing for amens. I appreciate them. You know I like them. I love amens. Take all of them I can get. Thank you for them. If you want to give some more, appreciate it. <laughs> but I'm not say I am not not saying this for your response. One of those rare moments. I don't care if you respond or not. <laughs> Most of the time I do. I'm working on that. <laughs> we are one body. I, I'm just I'm sharing. I think I've proven by now I'm, I'm fairly honest and open. So I haven't been told yet that I'm too honest or too open, so until that happens, I'm just going to keep being honest and open. <laughs> we have a great challenge in this church to maintain the fact we are one body. Here's the problem. We cannot say we're one thing, conduct ourselves in another thing, and expect God to bless us being something different than what we profess we are. Don't shout me down tonight. We can't claim we're one, we are one. Don't matter if we're at the hill or the castle, we're one. Woo! But then in attitude and in spirit, be, be multiple. If God's going to bless this, we just got to say we are this and acknowledge what we are. I'm not saying we are that because that's not what we're supposed to be. I'm just saying we cannot say and, and, and confess and profess one thing. We can't, we can't profess one spirit of ministry, but then operate, brother, you accepting multiple spirits of ministry and expect God. Now I'm not, please, I, 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 I hope what you don't get, this, I'm not here tonight, this isn't about me, this isn't about, this is about us. 
We are a body. We are, Sunday nights, it's just as much one now as Sunday mornings. I'm not, I I don't, I am not, I've been told three or four times in the last couple of months, on the other side of the world, you look more and more like your dad all the time. Maybe I'll grow a little bit more, get a little taller. Who knows, maybe the first guy at 44 to hit a growth spurt. You never know. That would cost way too much money replacing clothes, so I'm, I'm okay. I may look more and more like him, and I don't mean this in any disrespect, but I'm not, I can't be, I can't, I recognize that 35 years ago or more. I don't even know. <laughs> One spirit of ministry doesn't mean we all preach the same way, teach the same way. That's not... The, One spirit of ministry means we're not all trying to get our personalities shown and seen by everybody. One spirit of ministry is it's about the body, it's not about me. It's about us, it's not about a personality or an individual. It's not about one versus another, it's about all of us together. Ephesians 2, 21. Paul says, In whom all the building, fitly framed together, groweth unto a holy temple in the Lord, in whom ye also are builded together for a habitation of God through the Spirit. I want you to notice, I want to read in a couple other translations, but before I do that, I just I want to point this verse out. I want you to notice verse 21. In whom all the building fitly framed, we're going to talk a little bit about fitly framed in a moment, but all the building fitly framed. What happens when all the building is fitly framed? Anybody, can, is that too small for you to read? What happens when the building is fitly framed? When the building is, we're not talking about physical, we're talking about us. Because the building, the church is not a physical building, it's the people. So when we are fitly framed, you don't have to manufacture something. You don't have to stress to produce something. When the building is fitly framed, it automatically groweth to a holy temple. The Amplified says, verse 21, this way, In Him the whole structure is joined. Bound, welded together harmoniously, and it continues to rise, to grow, to increase into a holy temple in the Lord, a sanctuary dedicated, consecrated, and sacred to the prince, to the presence of the Lord. The Message Bible says it this way. He used the apostles and prophets for the foundation. Now he's using you 
fitting you in brick by brick, stone by stone, with Christ Jesus as the cornerstone. That holds all the parts together. We see it taking shape day after day, a holy temple built by God. All of us built into it a temple in which God is quite at home. Lastly, the Living Bible says it this way, We who believe are carefully joined together with Christ as parts of a beautiful, constantly growing temple for God. And you also are joined with Him and with each other by the Spirit and are part of this dwelling place of God. We are carefully joined together with Christ as parts of a beautiful, constantly growing temple for God. I'm sorry, but the first, I'm not sorry, but the first half of that verse sounds like unity to me. Not just a spirit of unity, but actions that are unity. Conducting ourselves in a unified way. The automatic result... The automatic result is the temple, the body, the building is going to grow. I'm afraid there's a lot of times we try to manufacture stuff. I'm trying to remind myself, I don't want your amens. I don't need your amens. We try to produce things and say, and, 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 and you're probably thinking of some things and they're probably different things than I'm thinking of. My point is, if you, if you get the right solution, the problem will take care of itself. You can go trim the branches back all you want to. If you don't get to the root of the issue, you're going to have to keep trimming branches. If you really want to deal with it, you got to get out the, the axe and the pick and the shovel and you got to dig it up. I've, I've used it before, but we had a a tree in the backyard at the house we lived in before where we are now, and, 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 and we, we, had it, we had it cut down so we could put a play set in for the kids, and there was still a stump, and, and probably every couple of months, out of the stump, there would be a fresh sprout. Well, I lost some of you. you I don't know what point, but I lost you at some point. I'd appreciate you not letting me be lost. So every now and then, just cut that sprout off again. And then a couple of months later, I don't know about you, but I, in my own personal life, there's some things I'm tired of having to just come back and trim again. Come back later, trim again. Come back later, trim again. 
I'd really like to get to the root of the problem. We got some things we don't need to just have to keep trimming. We don't need to just have to, we don't want to keep coming back every couple of months and trimming. We got to get to the root. Because if we can get to the root, there's some things that automatically, automatically take care of themselves. The word fitly means this in the, in the Greek. It's to render clothes jointed together. It's to organize compactly. There's not a one of us, not a one of us here tonight and not a one of us that's a part of this church that's here by accident. There is not a one of us. That's not, that's not hyperbole. That's not just trying to sound good. I believe it with all of my heart. There's not a one of us that are a part of this church that is here by accident. And if that's the case, then God has intended to fitly frame us together. There, we, diversity in this church is not just about color of skin. There's a bunch of us that have a different color skin, but I, the way we think and the things we like and the stuff we're interested in is the same. Diversity is not just about skin color. We, we got, I mean, in all kinds, educationally, economically, tastes in all kinds of different areas and, and interests and hobbies and, and all kinds of stuff. We are, we are so diverse. And yet God fitly frames us together. What's part of the challenge of putting a puzzle together? Every piece is unique. But it takes different unique pieces fit together to make the picture whole. You're not a mistake. You're not an accident. Your personality is not an accident. It's not a mistake. I, 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 I may be wrong. I may be. I may be. And if you've got Bible to correct me, I would love to hear it. I don't think God ever asked us to change our personality. Some of you ought to get a little more excited on that one, I think. <laughs> I don't think God asks us to change our personality. And I've actually spent a lot of time praying for God to change mine. Ninety-nine point nine percent of the time, the comments about my quietness and silence doesn't bother me a bit. I don't care. It's who I am. It's what I am. Every now and then, I get a little, little bit bothered by it. God, you got you know, you got to make me a talker. God, make me a talker. Just make my mouth run. Just run, 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 run. Make me outgoing. Some of y'all have no idea. I'm actually, I know every now and then I get you to laugh, but I'm actually can be a fairly funny person. Most of you don't know that because you got to get me in the right moment, the right place, the right time. Some of you walk in and you just, I mean, you just take over a room. I don't mean that negative. I don't mean that negative. I don't mean that bad. That's not a, I'm just, I'm saying it's the difference. You walk in and it doesn't take but just a second. You got everybody's attention. 
You know, I, I crack a joke every now and then. Everybody cracks up and laughs and, oh, my God, because it's, you know, but most of you, you just, you got us going, man. It's, I don't think God has ever asked you to change that or me to change me. This, this is, I know this may not be the proper approach to it, but when you got all these different kinds of personality tests and they all end up basically saying the same thing and you can sit there and read one of those things, somebody that never met you and it's like they've known you all their life, that's not a mistake. That's not to say some of us don't have some things that might need to just a little bit. Little rough on the edges with a few things, but that, that we're human beings. But the point is that who God created you to be. Your back sister, sister Sandy said it. I, it's been a long, I don't even know how, I don't have any idea how long it's been, but at some point I recognize what an incredible, sorry, not incredible. Shelton taught us. Taught us different. What an awesome, amazing blessing was that God gave me as an other half. I didn't need somebody that came from a home like I came from. I didn't need somebody that came from the background I came from. I needed somebody broke that needed me. That really is way more funnier than you have any idea, because the sad thing is some of us know from the beginning we're broke. Others of us, it takes us a little while to figure out, I'm kind of broke. <laughs> I need some fixing. I, she brings a whole perspective that I need. We absolute complete different backgrounds as pretty much as different as you can get. We sit here tonight from all kind of different backgrounds. And I'm not saying we're not working to I'm not saying I'm not saying we're totally broke. That's not what I'm saying. I am saying we're not where we need to be. I'll just say it that way. But the more and more we can all become fitly framed and I can be who I'm supposed to be and not feel threatened by you and you can be who you're supposed to be and you're not threatened by me because I got to be who I'm supposed to be you got to be who God made you to be we're not in competition with each other we, we got to give up some ownership folks I'm not prepared to quite go as far as making joining Bishop Parent in the stand that he and I think his father, or maybe I can't remember exact story, but I'm not I'm not prepared to say you know make a declaration not use the word my, but it's not my congregation, it's not my this, it's not my that, it's his. I think I said it. I think I shared it a couple of weeks ago. At one point, it was. It was, it was, and I'm not proposing this. So all of the, all of you musicians and praise singers, take a breath. 
I, I sat and watched at the, the conference in Singapore as every service, every night, it was either completely different people or it was people in a totally different role. One night, the person's out front. They're the base. They're they're the one that's basically leading the singing and the worship. And the next night, they're they're a praise singer off on the side. One night, one guy's on the on the drums, and the next night, he's on the guitar. One night, somebody's on the on the on the main keys, and the next night, they're over on a on a guitar. Of course, you know what my thought was. This is a conference. I'm sure that's probably the way they do it for a conference. Until I was telling them how unusual it was, and they said, we do this all the time. Like, boy, I'd like to see that work in America. (laughs) The moment you touch my guitar, my microphone, my drums, my keyboard, we got problems. And then here was what was really... What was really amazing, and I watch this on purpose every night, I, wa- I purposely watch. I watch those who the night before were on the platform. And then I watch what they did that night when they weren't on the platform. What some people do, some places, not here. Not at Antioch, but other places. When they're up, they're up. When it's not their turn, and I watched as, and they were young and old. I mean, they were very, I watched it, whether they were on the platform or in the audience, they were just as engaged. I tell you what else I watched. In fact, I took a picture. I, we don't have Apple TV hooked up in here, do we? I stalk them. On everybody that's involved in, in whether, I mean, in whatever level, whatever, at whatever amount, everybody involved, I know a bunch of them we can't see, everybody involved in media ministry, either here or in your own congregation Sunday morning or the castle. Let me see your hand. I watched something very amazing, service after service. And I got the picture to prove it. The DCD conference, they had their audio and video control and everything set up off kind of back on the right side of the room. Those that were going to do nothing else but operate computers and sound equipment for that service, every single session prior to the start were in a group praying. I don't mean, you know, pre-dinner prayer. I mean praying. Apparently they realize, and we, I don't, we tried to say it, I've tried to say it, and I don't, I'm sure not enough and not as adequately as could be. You guys that are up there that we can't even see you tonight that are operating these cameras and all of that stuff, that's ministry. It's ministry. Apparently they got that. Of course, what should be more common, but as well, I'm not shooting at anybody here tonight in any way. But everybody that had some kind of role in that service, 
You watch without fail. Serve praise singers, musicians, sound people, etc. You watch them in a group praying. I think part of it, they realize, I may be in the pit crew, but if we succeed, whether it's church or some other setting, if we succeed, it's because we're all contributing. We were, we were, uh, we, we went and visited a couple church buildings this week and, and, uh, looking at different settings and setups and just gathering ideas and, and, uh, we were, even though we were just there this summer, this was a whole different, you know, way of doing it. And so we went to Madison where the Apostolic Conference is and, and, uh, Sister, uh, Christine Dillon, Brother Jason Dillon's wife, that's Brother Jerry Wayne Dillon's son. Um, she was saying something, we were talking about lighting on the stage, and she was saying, you know, well, everybody notices it when it's wrong. And that's true. You go through a whole service and all the lights are the way they're supposed to be, nobody ever pays attention. It was a couple of weeks ago, Brother Morgan was here, I think, and all the lights cut off, and everybody, what's wrong with the sound crew? Don't they know how to do their job? (laughs) Because it takes all of us being willing to be fitly framed. I gotta hurry. I don't know why, but I gotta hurry. <laughs> Barnes note says this about fitly framed. The word used here means to joint together. As a carpenter does the framework of a building, the materials are accurately and carefully united by mortises and tenons so that the building shall be firm. Different materials may be used. Different materials may be used. Not all the same. Not all duplicates. Not all copies. And different kinds of timber may be employed, but one part shall be worked into another so as to constitute a durable and beautiful edifice so in the church. The different materials of the Jews and the Gentiles, the people of various nations... Though heretofore separated and discordant become now united and form a harmonious society, they believe the same doctrines, worship the same God, practice the same holiness, and look forward to the same heaven. The pulpit commentary says this, There is a jointing and joining of the various parts to each other, forming a symmetrical, compact, well-ordered building. The church has many members in one body, and all members have not the same office. It is a cooperative body, each aiding in his own way and with his own talent. The church is not a collection of loose stones and timbers. Its members are in vital union with Christ and ought to be in living and loving and considerate fellowship with each other. That great word fitly frame or fitly is also in Ephesians 4.16. From whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth. According to the effectual working in the measure of every part, maketh increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. It's St. Paul saying it again. When we get fitted together properly, and I produce, or I provide what I can provide, and you provide what you can provide, I'm who I am, you're who you are, it results in increase of the body. And the edifying of itself. 
Amplified says it this way, For because of Him, the whole body, the church, in all its various parts, closely joined and, in, and firmly knit together by the joints and ligaments with which it is supplied, when each part, with power adapted to its need, is working properly in all its functions, grows to full maturity, building itself up in love. The Living Bible, under His direction, the whole body is fitted is fitted together perfectly. And each part in its own special way helps the other parts so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. And lastly, the New Living Translation, He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. As each part does its own special work, It helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. Taught it some over the past several months, I guess back really in the summer. Our problem is too many times our worth comes from what we do and our position, our job, rather than our worth just coming from my identity, who I am. It doesn't matter what I do. It doesn't matter what my title is, my position is, my role is. I am a son of God. That's what makes me valuable. What I'm doing is, that's not what makes me valuable. John the Baptist was just as valuable sitting in jail as he was when he was standing in front of a crowd saying, Behold the Lamb of God. Because it wasn't about what he was doing, it was about who he was. But how easy it is for our worth to get tied up in what we do. I'm just going to tell you, and say it again, not by the help and grace of God, not about my opinions, but what I feel and believe in my own spirit. We have got to reach a place more than ever before where we are all willing for God to fitly put us where He wants us to do what He wants us to do and be content. Said it already, but it's not, I'm not doing this so that somehow I can then get here. This is not my way of being recognized so that I can now become this. I'm going to do what God has called me to do where God has called me to do it. And the rest is up to Him. You see, because we're one body, there's no such thing as one group being successful and the rest failing and that's okay. Not the way it works. This is probably poor leadership. It's probably poor leadership, but I'll fail being a poor leader tonight then. Because I realize, I guess as a leader, you're supposed to have the problem and all the answers. And I don't have all the answers. That was part of my prayer. Whatever you were praying, that was part of my prayer. <laughs> You're the one with the direction. You're the one with wisdom. You're... It's got to be more than about teaching. 
I'm well aware. Maybe some, I don't, I'm not saying you are. And I, I'm not saying I'm sins. I'm just throwing it out there. But maybe some of you, brother, I, you know, that's all well and good for you to say that. But we got to, that, that you're exactly right. We got to do something. I know that. That's what I've been saying all night. <laughs> not talking about just a, you know, whatever fluffy little spirit thing. That's not it. But where our actions demonstrate we're one. Where our efforts can demonstrate we are one. Where our willingness to be, go, for God to fitly frame us. For God to fitly frame us. For me and you to be willing for God to have the ability, or not the ability, but the right, and I know that He's got the right, but for us to, to agree with Him to fitly frame us. I'm, I'm closing. I'm quitting. I don't want to put them on the spot. And I'm sure they would much prefer this not be me doing what I'm about to do, but this couple right here, Brother and Sister Barr, 2003, right? 2003 became a part of us. The bar's been leading. I think it started out, it was Glen Burnie still when first, and then merged into Brooklyn Park. I'm just going to say it. I've said it in private. I'll just say it in public. You get whatever you want. But, you know, it, kind of the epitome of success at Antioch is you become a congregation leader. If you can reach that pinnacle, you have reached, you have made it. I know all of you are going, uh-uh, but that's, sometimes that's the attitude. Sometimes that's what, unless, until you become that, you're just, especially the, the brethren, until you become that, you're just not anything, all that, whatever. That's a lie from the deepest pits of hell. Because <laughs> if you become something you're not supposed to be, <laughs> that is not success. <laughs> And if you don't do something, just be, and everybody else, that's what they think you should do, and you can be content with where God has placed you, that's success. This couple's been leading Brooklyn Park, doing a great job. Went to Brother Barr months ago, said, we got a need, Brother Barr. We feel like you're the one that could do it. You know what, you know what the response was? I don't know, I'm not trying to embarrass Brother Barr, and I'm sure he's probably not real happy with me, but the response was, Pastor, if that's what you feel like, I watch. You know, I got to tell you, man, that Sunday was one of the hardest things I think I've ever done. I was mad at Brother You and Bishop Wright that day for leaving me out there hanging by myself. Um, just kidding, sort of. As I watched as a couple was giving up something because they were asked to, not because it was... You could tell, not just by actions, but by what you felt in their spirit. They loved, they were committed to what they did. But they trusted that God, through some human agency, was fitly framing them in a different way. i got to tell you, I, I walked away, Brother Barr, and all over again made sure between God and I that my heart, spirit, where it needs to be. God, am I willing for you to say, yeah, you're not fitting quite right there. This. 
if we can be, and I hope I'm not coming across as a doomsday and all that other whatever tonight, whatever. I know I'm, I'm doing it without doing it. Sorry. Not, not, Angie said it, I believe it. She declared it, and I believe it. It's going to be a great year. But you know what? I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it. We can, we can pray and fast all we want to pray and fast. I may be crossing some of you right now, and I'll just cross you. We can pray and fast all we want to pray and fast. But if we don't make some decisions and changes that God doesn't force on us, there's only so much. I, the prayer and the fasting helps open the door. Then there's got to be some works. There's got to be action. There's got to be steps that are taken. It's not just about the praying and fasting. It then becomes about the doing. Just stand, if you would, please. I've shared this verse several times in different settings. I've used it in some of our meetings. I've been greatly challenged by it for a while. If we can be fitly framed. I'm not saying we're broke, folks. I'm not, I'm not. But if we can be as fitly framed as God intends us to be. Paul says, this is what you can expect as an automatic result. If you can be positioned and connected and joined together and not just one in spirit, but operating and truly being one, then the results are going to be those various things that you're hoping for and expecting and believing for. not going to give an altar call, not really going to drag this out, other than to ask you if you would, just for a moment here as we close, would you join me and pray together, ask God to help us, more than ever before. I believe we have a degree of unity. I believe we've had a degree of not saying any of those things, but saying, I want us to be. I want to be, for me personally, fitly joined in the way I'm supposed to be. I want us to be, whatever position, whatever role, whatever place, that as one body, God can fitly frame us, fitly join us together so that we can become what He wants us to become and He can do what He wants to do through us. Father, help us tonight. Not only do You know our natural frame, what we're made, how we're made, You understand it, but You also know all the other details and intricacies of things. What we are, who we are, and what we need to be. Father, I'm praying tonight, again, as we're fresh into this new year and launching into a new year, I'm praying tonight, God, that more than ever before and in an even greater way than ever before, you would join us together as one body, no matter what location we may meet at on a Sunday morning or what location we meet at on a Sunday night. No matter what our position is, our role is, our title is, our job description is, that we are a body that is fitly framed together. That we are one, not just 
in our words, but in our actions, not just in spirit, but in our actions by what we do. By your grace, help us tonight. God, I pray that you would help me. God, if there's anything in me, anything in my heart, in my life that prevents me from being fitly joined the way I am supposed to be in this body, I pray, God, that you would help me, help me to be completely yielded and surrendered to you. I want to be in my place, God, functioning as you've called and designed and created me to be, God, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, it was your prayer and we join with you tonight, Father, in your prayer. Make us one, Lord. Make us one. Make us one. By your grace, by the work and the moving of your Spirit, Father, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name. Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. God bless you. Pray that you have a blessed remainder of your week in Jesus' name.